Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. You know, um, I have a a son, as most of you know, and he's 12 years old. Uh, He will fight tooth and nail to stay awake, to not go to sleep at night. Every night without fail, at around 9.30, it's time to go to bed. It's time to get in bed. He should have his teeth brushed, everything done. And he will do anything to try to just get five more minutes. He'll he'll even try to get deep. Like, hey, Dad, in the book of Genesis, when God said, let there be light, like what actually, he'll try to talk about anything just at that moment. Or he'll be like, oh, you know what? I'm hungry. Or you know what? I need to take a shower. I'm like, you already took a shower. He's like, well, maybe I should take another one. Anything just to stay awake. And that's not like this is something new. When he was a baby, he did the exact same thing. He would not sleep at night. I would find myself driving around at 3 a.m. trying to get him to go to sleep. And he's in the backseat of the car, and I'm exhausted. We're driving around the neighborhood in circles. And he would finally fall asleep. And instead of taking him out, I would just take him out in the actual, I would leave him in the the car seat and just leave him in the room and just let him sleep because he would not sleep. And then when he got older, trying to take naps, oh, forget about it. It was so hard. I would literally have to sleep inside his car bed and hold him down just to get him to go to sleep. The hardest thing ever. But I remember one time he came home from school and he just wasn't feeling good. And this was pre-coronavirus, so he didn't have the Rona or nothing. He just was not feeling good. He came home and it just looked like he was drained. And I remember he was laying there, we're laying on the couch, and he just said, Dad, can I go to sleep? Can I go to bed early? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Go, go get some sleep. And I could just tell that he was run down and he was just exhausted in life. And he kind of looked like how we read in, in Psalms, the psalmist David, he says, my soul thirsts for God. You could almost hear it in his writings that he's exhausted. He's, he's done everything he knows to do and he's just exhausted at this point. And I think a lot of us are like that. We just feel run down and, and wore out because of what is going on in the world today or what's going on in our lives and in our families and maybe our relationships or on the job. We just feel worn out and we can kind of relate to how Taj was feeling like, Man, I'm just exhausted. I just need to get some sleep here. I got, I got nothing else to give. I, I, um, I think about when Jesus steps onto the scene and he goes to deliver this amazing message that people have now dubbed the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking to a generation of people who were worn out on religion, worn out on rules, worn out just trying to live right, trying to do good. They were, you know, they, they, they lived their life trying to, to reach a certain level of understanding of who God is in their life and trying to, to measure up to being good, you know, up until that time, you know, 1,500 years prior to that Sermon on the Mount, God, through Moses, gives his children the, the law, which is the Ten Commandments. And we all know the Ten Commandments. And, but the, the rules were more detailed than what we think. And the children of Israel lived their lives trying to, to fulfill all these laws to the very minute little detail. And to make it that much harder from the century from that all the way up to Jesus, the uh, Jewish leaders had added several hundred more laws on top of what God gave. 
So the children of Israel, the Jewish people, live their lives trying to just be good. Trying to, to measure up to what they feel God wanted them to be like. And they were worn down. They were beat up, exhausted on life. They kind of were like Taj, like, I just need some rest. I, I've been going and going, and I, I just I can't give anymore. And Jesus comes on the scene, and he gives this amazing message entitled Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and it's completely opposite to what they've ever heard. Or, or, and he can see the, the destitution on their face. They're exhausted, and you can just see it in their eyes. And he gives this message, and let's go ahead and read some of it. It says this, and... Mark, I mean, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We'll start off with verse 3. It says this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the poor in spirit and in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for they shall see the kingdom of heaven. This is this is beautiful. He, he's giving this message and it's super hyped and it's super encouraging. And these people just feel like, man, this is a fresh breath, a fresh air. This is a nice, cool drink of water on a hot day. This is so refreshing because all I've ever known is a, a life of, of law, a, a life based on the laws and me trying to keep these laws. See, they live their whole life trying to just do good, to please God. They, they, they tried so hard to do good that nothing felt good. And they could never do it. They always needed just a little more, more holiness or they, a little more good deeds. And that's completely opposite of the gospel. The gospel is a, a grace-based uh, relationship with God. Ephesians 2.8 says this, For it is by grace... That we are saved through faith, not through deeds, not through what I can accomplish, not because I've elevated myself to deserving of salvation, but it's based solely on the fact of God's love for us. That he sent his son to die on the cross. It's a free gift. But at that time, they, they lived their life just trying to do good and they just couldn't do it. They were so beat down and run down. And, and we get to this verse, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And they felt utterly drained. I mean, have you ever felt that way? I know I sure have. Where you just felt exhausted, like there was nothing left to give, and Jesus gives this message. But then he, he kind of turns the corner on them, and we get to verse 17. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Do not think that I came... To, uh, to destroy the law and the prophet, prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So now they're like, wait a minute, hold, hold on. Wait, 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 you were just giving us all this, this nice stuff, and now you're saying that we still got to keep all the laws. And he says this in verse 20, For I say to you that unless your righteousness, 
Unless your righteousness, uh, uh, wait, sorry, I messed up. Uh, Unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And now they're kind of like, oh my gosh, there's no way I can do this then. Because I couldn't even keep it before. Now i got to try to compete with the, the scribes and the Pharisees who, who are the, the pinnacle of, of where I need to be. Like, Jesus, this is so hard. Like, how, how can I do this? He's trying to get them to understand that it's, you're not going to be able to, to measure up to that, that level. That's why I've come. That's why I've come to lay down my life. And to give you this salvation out of grace and out of mercy, not because of your deeds, because you've lived your whole life by the law trying to do good, to trying to make it, and you just could not do it. See, as Christians, we think we have to be perfect. And God's not looking for perfection. He's looking to perfect you, to perfect you through the gospel, through his love, through his mercy, and through his grace. See, he knows you're going to make mistakes. He knows you're going to mess up. He knows we're in this body, and he loves us no matter what. I, I want to continue with this. It says, unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the, of the scribes and the Pharisees, you should by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. See, right before we get to Matthew chapter 11, which is the come to me, all who need rest. We see Matthew chapter 5. It's, it's Jesus laying this foundation. He's laying down this foundation for an invitation that he's about to give. And this is beautiful because at that time, people were just so worn down. And I know there's plenty of you out wherever you're listening to this that you just feel worn down on religion you feel worn down on your jobs, on your relationships, and, and you feel like, man, I've tried to do good. I've tried to live that life that, that you know, Christianity is supposed to be, or what I see others living their lives. And I, I feel like I need to be like that. And God is saying, no, I know where you are. I love the, the story of the prodigal son, and, and I talk about it so often because it relates so much to us. And it says that the, the son took the father's inheritance and he went on his own way and, and in his own knowledge and in his own life, he, he squandered all of the money on partying and bad choices. And I love, as, as much as the story is about the son, I love that we see the description of the father. And it's not real elaborate, but it just says that the father was waiting, looking out for when the son would come back. And it wasn't until the son finally came to himself after he was spent all of his money on parting and he finds himself in this low place in life and he's drained, he's got nothing left. And it says, finally, he turns to, to he, he figures out like, hey, I got to go home. I can't do this anymore. And he, he heads back to the father. And it says that the father was waiting on the porch and he saw the son afar off. And it says the, the father ran to the son. He didn't wait for him to get back to him. He didn't wait for him to get close. The father left the position where he was and runs to his son. It's Jesus leaving the throne, leaving heaven, stepping into humanity, searching after those who were lost, those who were destroyed, those who just felt drained, and that's you and that's me. This is beautiful. This is a picture of grace. This is a picture of mercy. 
It's not that I, I did something great or I, I, I elevated myself by, by good deeds and all this great stuff that now Jesus loves me or now God loves me. No, it was me, broken, me, with nothing to present to God of value. But God saw me valuable. And he ran to me. And he ran to you. And he's looking, he's reaching out to you today. We have this verse, chapter 11. And the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28 says this. Come to me all who, are, who, are, who labor and are heavy laden. I want to read this to you in the message translation, if I can. It says this. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, it says, Are you tired? Are you wore out? Burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest walk with me and work with me watch how i do it learn the unforced rhythm of grace i won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitted on you keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly how beautiful is i love this this translation of this verse says, are you tired? Are you wore out? And I'm sure you can answer yes and yes, I am. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I've been going through it. I've been trying to live right and I I just keep messing up, God. I'm doing all that I can to do and God is saying, it's okay. I understand that you're wore out. I understand that you're tired, that you've been trying so hard to do good and to be good. Ain't nothing felt good in a while. He says, come with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Just accept that grace that God bestowed upon us, that he showers us with grace and mercy, that they're new every single day. This is called the real rest that we find in God. It's this rest that gives us freedom from anxiety and freedoms from fear and freedom from this weight that just is on our shoulders and We find that in God. We don't find that in religion. You're not going to find that rest in a relationship or a spouse or a friendship or a job. You'll only find true rest in Jesus Christ. This, This is not a religion. It's not a philosophy. It's not a theory. This is a relationship where we find freedom, deliverance, healing. And you can find real rest for your heart, your soul, and your mind. I'm here today or tonight just to remind you that that God loves you, that he loves you no matter where you are, right where you're at, in your broken place where you feel like you're just drained and you feel like you're alone. I'm telling you today that there's true rest for you and it's found in Jesus Christ. You're not going to find it in anything. You're not going to find it in tangible things and material things and more money or a better car, a bigger house. And you're not going to find it in that. That'll give you happiness for a time. But true rest, true freedom from anxiety and fear comes by knowing Jesus Christ. You see, God sent his son into this earth to pay a price so that we can be free. And all you have to do is accept it. 
Accept that free, that, that gift, accept that love, accept that freedom from anxiety and freedom from fear. Just by entering, entering into his presence, say, God, I'm going to lay this down at your feet like you commanded me to. You said, lay our, our worries, lay all this stuff at your feet. And Father, I'm going to let go of it today. So as I shut down tonight, I just want to say that God loves you. That there's a position of rest. There's a position, position of grace, and it's found in Jesus Christ. If you've never said... If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.